it, so call me back. Okay, love you. And welcome back to a fresh new season of Emotionally Online, the show for spilling guts and sharing secrets. Ah! I've never been more excited to be sitting on this fucking couch, spilling my guts and sharing my secrets. (laughs) Hi, guys. I missed you so much. We're back after my month long break, which I'm going to tell you guys all about. But how are we doing? How are we feeling? I can't believe it's been a month, but also I can believe it. For me, it doesn't feel like that much time has passed. I don't know if it's just because I was extra exhausted or because even though I was on a break, life did not get any less crazy emotionally for me (laughs) or what if I just honestly, I could have kept relaxing. So maybe that's why it doesn't feel like it was that long ago for me. Also, there's um there's some foreshadowing happening if you're watching the video version of the podcast right now. I I wasn't going to acknowledge it, but then I just like I felt it in my bones that I needed to be like, "Whoa, something's happening on today's episode, you guys. It's kind of crazy." <laughs> so anyways, I'm back from my break and I'm so excited to be here. I was also so excited to be on my break. It was so beneficial for me mentally and I feel like I have reflected a lot on boundary setting and rest in terms of my life online and my life offline and how strange it is to have your life be your job <laughs> and to be putting yourself on the internet as a as a career um, and how blurred the boundaries get in this profession in general. So I feel like I had a lot of time to sit back and be like, wow, I really want to try not to get to a space again where I have to take a month off. It just... That's a lot, right? I I mean, I'll always want to take some time off around the holidays, but taking an entire month off, that was something that my body forced me to do (laughs) more than like I chose to do. I feel like when I, you know, the holidays are coming up, I'm planning how much time I'm going to take off. I was like, you know what? No, I need two weeks home with my family and then I need two weeks alone in my apartment. So I ended up taking an entire month off because I was burnt the fuck out. I was burnt out and I just needed to stop and put down my phone and take a step back for a little bit. And during that step back, I ended up deleting TikTok, which was not in my 2023 bingo card. Obviously, I deleted Twitter in like November what was it? And when I deleted Twitter, I was like so worried that I was going to miss it or that I was going to be behind on shit. I was going to be like out of the loop in some way. And if you asked me in November, if I would have deleted TikTok, I would have been like, no, I'm not deleting TikTok because as much as I knew that it was pissing me off and I had an unhealthy relationship with it, I was like, I love it. It's so fun. And also If I wasn't on TikTok, I feel like I would be so just out of touch with internet trends and I want to be in touch with internet trends and what's going on and whatever. Um, 
but I, I don't know what hit me. It was just like, once I got back from being at home and was here, I was sitting right here on my couch, just watching TV one day. And I was realizing that I was finding it difficult not to pick up my phone while I'm watching the TV show and scroll on TikTok. And I'm like, you're watching a show. Like, why are you going to pick up your phone? You don't need to consume like multiple forms of media at once. This is so concerning that you keep impulsively doing that. And every time I would pick up my phone that day, the few days before, I was overwhelmed by how uh, like angry the app made me feel, which this is a recurring thing that I've talked about on the podcast, how like my TikTok feed wants to piss me off. I get every other video I get served on there is a think piece. It's a debate. It's a discussion about some topic that is like very close to my heart. And so I watch all these videos and I get so fired up. A lot of these people I really disagree with, um, which is fine. But I would like to be in control of when I'm consuming content like that. Being in a constant loop of consuming video after video after video that make your whole body just tense up and go (gasps) like you just want to scream and fight somebody constantly watching content that makes you feel that way on a loop that you're just endlessly scrolling on is insane and that can't be good for your brain and it was half the time the stuff on TikTok is like arguments that don't exist outside the app. Like if you don't go on TikTok, you don't even know that people are yelling about this fucking shit elsewhere. It's just like the dumbest takes imaginable. I often think back to the time somebody told me that enjoying skincare was acne phobic. Like I can't, I can't. You people are crazy. (laughs) And so... I just was sitting here one day watching TV, was like frustrated with how distracted I was getting. And then every time I was opening up my phone, I was making myself angrier. And I was like, am I really relaxing? Like I'm supposed to be on a break right now and I don't feel like I'm fully allowing myself to unplug and relax and I don't know, do the thing that I was meant to be doing. I took a month off for a reason and I was like, you know, I've got a week and a half left have I really done what I set out to do? And I didn't feel like I had. And so I just deleted TikTok right on the spot. I didn't think about it. I was just like, this is annoying me. Done. Goodbye. I'm over it. And I was like, I'll just get rid of it for the rest of my break and I'll re-download it when I come back. And I deleted it. And then after a week, I was like, I didn't even miss it. I wasn't impulsively trying to open it and look at it. I wasn't wishing that I had it. Nothing. I just simply did not care. Am I watching reels more now? For sure. Because I think that my brain still sometimes wants quick entertainment. But I don't scroll on IG reels the way that I do on TikTok. And it's because my entire reels page is fashion videos. So I actually kind of enjoy scrolling on reels because it's just all really beautiful people who have really beautiful outfits. That's great. Fucking I'll watch those videos. That feels inspiring to me. It feels fun. 
it doesn't make me angry to consume and I don't want to consume it as long. I don't get as sucked in because it's like, you know, how long are you entertained by watching the same little outfit videos to the same fucking songs? Probably not for that long, but like it's enough of like a little burst of entertainment that if I need to scroll on something mind numbing for two seconds, then I can do that. I get my little fix and then I'm off again. So I don't know if I'm ever going to redownload TikTok, to be honest. I'm just fine with not having it right now. Maybe that will change. I don't know. But right now, I feel like I don't miss it at all. And I just prefer to be on other platforms. And I think the the more time that I spent not creating content, the more I realize like how much of a YouTube girly I am. Because <laughs> I obviously like I associate YouTube as being like my favorite platform because this is like the platform that I've always made content for and I just love YouTube. But even as a consumer, like I so prefer watching long form video. I just love YouTube as a platform. I love YouTubers. I just love them. I think so many of you are so fun and creative and cool. <laughs> I'm just a fan at heart. I'm such a big fan. <laughs> and so, yeah. But my big criticism for YouTube right now, as I'm realizing, I'm such a YouTube girly. We love the long form girls. Woo! Big brains making 20 to 30 minute videos. I love you. You're so beautiful and sexy and smart. I hate that YouTube is also trying to cater to the short form crowd, which is like fine. Okay. If you're a short form girly, I love that for you. If you're a short form girly, you're probably not watching this. <laughs> so I don't know why I'm like the short form girlies as I'm like, 15 minutes deep in a podcast episode like the short form girlies aren't here okay we can talk about them <laughs> we're talking shit because they're not at the sleepover I'm kidding I'm not talking shit I'm just you do you I'll do me I'm a long form girly and the long form girlies are having a long form chat right now my beef with YouTube is that I wish they would just stay in their own fucking lane like do we need YouTube shorts do we actually need it? Sit down with me. Susan Wojcinski, look me in my eyeball. Tell me we need YouTube shorts because I don't think we do. I really, I don't think we do. But my my real beef with it is less the fact that they're, you know, competing in the same market that everyone else is. Fine. All these big companies are always going to do that. YouTube feels like they have to compete with Instagram and TikTok. Some people think that they have to. I personally do not think that they have to. I think that YouTube is in a league of its own and always will be. It's just different. Short and long form content are different. I don't think it has to compete. Um, but my beef is less that they're engaging in short form content at all and more that the user experience of having short form content on a long form app is fucking horrendous. <sighs> like when you're on phone, when you're on mobile watching YouTube videos and you go to your subscription box, you can filter out. So it's just the long form videos and not shorts. That's fine. If you are watching anywhere else, you can't. <laughs> I I get that the majority of people who watch YouTube are probably on mobile, but I don't. I don't watch YouTube videos on mobile. I'm always watching them on my TV 
or on my desktop. And maybe I'm in such a small minority there that YouTube doesn't give a fuck about that. But I would like to be able to watch my videos. <laughs> but I can't because my subscription box is flooded with shorts. So I feel like I've missed everyone's videos over the last few months because I'm just not seeing them anymore because my entire subscription box is flooded by shorts. So unless I am specifically going to someone's channel to check up on them, I don't see it. So I have like my few creators that I never want to miss a video of. And then everyone else that if I see their videos, I'll watch them. But I'm not like always thinking about it in the back of my head. I end up missing their fucking content. And that just sucks because I, I want to watch those people's videos. I've subscribed for a reason. But now my box is being flooded by shorts and you've given me no ability to filter them out. Like, at least give me an ability to filter it out on TV and desktop. That seems so ridiculous. Like, you're a website. You're YouTube.com. You are YouTube.com. Do not forget it. And I can only fucking work you on mobile? Oh, jeez. I hate you people. Like, us old school bitches are being left in the dust. Now I know how old people feel. They're like, back in my day. That's how I am starting to fucking feel about YouTube. I'm like, do you guys remember? <laughs> Back when it was just YouTube.com and there wasn't any such app. <laughs> I'm just like, what happened to us long form bitches? You guys are so distracted by these 10 second videos that you're ignoring the people who make 30 minute videos. They're making short films on your fucking platform. Oh my God. I just can't. So anyways, I don't actually care if you make YouTube shorts or not. <laughs> and I don't care if YouTube is catering to short form content at all. What I care about is that they give me an ability to fully opt out of that story and narrative and say, I never want to see this person post short content. Actually, I'd like to take shorts off my homepage entirely. I never want to see another short in my life. I think it's dumb sorry I do I just think it's so stupid and if I was gonna give advice to creators which nobody asked me for this but if I was gonna I would tell you that you might be able to grow your subscriber base with shorts but your engagement rate is gonna be ass it's not actually gonna help you because if those people aren't going to be loyal subscribers that actually click on your long-form videos then it's not gonna fucking matter if you get them to watch shorts Unless you're just trying to make money, then hats off to you, I guess. But if you're actually trying to grow your platform, I actually think that shorts is fucking you in the process. You don't have to listen to me, but I think that it's less about growing big numbers and more about growing active and committed and loyal numbers. If you have 10,000 people that subscribe to you and all of them watch your videos, that is way better than having a million subscribers and 2000 of them are watching your videos like that sucks. So anyways, that was my little YouTube rant for the day. <laughs> All because I took a break off the internet and I deleted TikTok and now I am a long form content elitist. <laughs> Additionally, 
I think the big learning for me during my break was just like realizing how unsustainable it is to be forcing yourself to push out content all the fucking time if you're just not feeling it or constantly pushing yourself to do like the next best thing when it's like I don't have the next best thing okay I'm just me I'm here and I'm living and I'm gonna make my silly little videos and sometimes people are gonna think wow this is the best thing you've ever made sometimes I'm gonna think that and other times it's just gonna be like this is a fun little video from her I love her bestie bestie Maddie making a video and I'm I mean I've never had a posting day on my main channel, not in years. When I was like a kid, I did a posting day. Now it's like, I give you one video a week. What day it goes up is a mystery. Ooh. <laughs> and obviously I, I have a posting day for the podcast, which speaking about posting days for the podcast, uh, usually my posting day is on Fridays. However, during the Love Island season, which may or may not be happening, I'm going to post on Wednesdays because the Love Island week runs from Sunday to Friday. I I don't know what my work schedule is. I guess I don't work on the weekends, really. Most of my friends don't work on the weekends, so I end up having more plans Saturday, Sunday. Um, I record the podcast on Monday, edit on Tuesday, goes live on Wednesdays. So we're going to talk about the previous Love Island week on a Wednesday every week during the Love Island season and then after the Love Island season, we'll go back to having Friday as the posting day for the podcast. With that being said, as I'm just talking about posting days and how I fucking hate them, I think it's unsustainable creatively. <laughs> I think when you're like a one woman show and it's like you have you have to do every part of this, I do think that posting one thing a week or in my case two things a week becomes unsustainable at some point like when you're feeling really creative and into it and just go 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 yeah I can pump out a 30 minute YouTube video an hour long podcast every week no problem however when you're burnt out in a creative rut like it feels like pulling teeth to do that or if you're just going through shit, like if you're having the worst week of your fucking life, having to do that just feels impossible. Having to get on camera and talk about my life when I'm like otherwise sitting in bed sobbing is I just I don't want to force myself to do that anymore. I want to just sort of pay attention to how I'm feeling and move through that. It is way better for me to take a week off and let myself get re-inspired or go through whatever I'm going through rather than forcing myself to push through it just to get to the next week feeling just as shitty. And then the cycle repeats. So yes, the podcast is weekly. I will try to be here every week. If I am not here, I'll always tell you that I'm not going to be here, but I am no longer going to apologize for not being here. And nobody is asking me to apologize. Literally not one person in the history of this podcast has ever gotten mad at me for skipping a week. I just feel so bad when I am not here every week. I feel like I, I want to be here every week. I want to do the podcast every week. I want to be constantly inspired, but... I think that I am still very much learning how to strike balance and create boundaries here. So I am prioritizing taking care of myself this year. So if I miss a week because I'm struggling, going through something, I just have too much on my plate. I'm not creatively inspired. You will see me the next week and that'll be that. 
And that's all I had to say on that, I guess. I was just like one of my big takeaways during the break was how I need to just relax a little bit more and be like, this is so unserious. Like I would rather rest and take a break and let myself recharge and reset my brain every once in a while throughout the year rather than letting it all build up to then having to take a month off at the end of the year you know so I'll definitely be taking shorter breaks during the year that are more intentional and um, just being kinder and gentler to myself which is really always the goal but this break was a stark reminder that that's something that I need to be prioritizing in the upcoming year so anyways welcome to the podcast baby first episode of the year I know we're end of January at this point but I wanted to go through and talk about my ins and outs for 2023 what is in what's sexy what's hot this year and what is out what are we leaving in the past what is uggo and ugly and loser in 2023. (laughs) So I wrote this on the last day of 2022 and let's just go through and see what I wrote. So first up the hot list. This is everything that's sexy this year. And if anyone knows about sexy, it's me. I have big boobs. (laughs) Ah, Okay. (laughs) What's in this year? First of all, the first thing that's in, number one, telling everyone how you feel about them, period. We're speaking our minds and our hearts this year. We're writing love notes to literally everyone we've ever met, ever, and we're not feeling bad about it, and we're not feeling afraid to do it, and we're just speaking our hearts and our minds, and I love that for us, and we're going to feel so good doing it. Number two, we're throwing dinner parties for literally any reason imaginable. Um, my goal for myself is to throw a dinner party every single month of this year. I already did my January dinner party. The theme was book swap next month. I think at first I was going to throw a Galentine's day dinner party because that seems to make the most sense. I don't know if I'm going to do that anymore. I might just do a different theme. I'm very into puzzles recently. So I've been thinking of doing like a puzzles and pie themed dinner night. Everyone brings a pie. And we survey them all and complete a puzzle. Perhaps the puzzle is of a pie. I'm just saying. This is These are the theme ideas I've got cooking up. March, I want to do a game night. And then in April, I'm so excited for this. In April, I mentioned this on a podcast with Ashley when I was first talking about the dinner parties that I wanted to throw. I'm throwing a dinner party that's themed around rekindling old friendships. And I have three of my friends from... Uh, the high school like theater camp that I used to do coming to stay with me for the weekend and we're gonna have a dinner party and catch up and I'm so excited I literally have not seen them in years so I'm so pumped to just spend some time reminiscing and reconnecting and catching up it's gonna be so much fucking fun so I'm just trying to plan something like that every month and spend some more time some quality one-on-one time with a bunch of people that I love Romantic dinners for the besties all 2023. Number three, this is super in. This is super in and you're all going to love it. And it's starting a fantasy love island league. Um, I started a fantasy love island league last year 
and for last season and we are just we're in it again for this season which may be happening oh there's another love island season that's so weird don't i usually talk about that on the show that's funny it already started who said that okay the next thing that's in is being loyal to yourself and your boundaries even if it means that some people won't like you this has always been in but i think it's especially in in 2023 because we are done apologizing for setting our boundaries and setting our lines with people and if they're gonna hate us for saying no you cannot treat me like this no that's not okay with me no that's not comfortable with me then I we don't want them in our lives next thing that's in is deleting twitter obviously and then we have letting yourself cry when you feel the urge to it's not embarrassing to be in tune with how you feel I think I am wishing for everyone this year that they are able to feel very neutral about crying and taking it as an opportunity to learn something about yourself or just like appreciating crying more because it's kind of a beautiful, wonderful thing. I love crying. I feel so much better when I cry. I hate it when people apologize for crying because I'm like, there's nothing wrong with this. You're feeling what you're feeling and crying is so good. Feel all of it. Let yourself feel all of it. Do not feel bad for that. And like, yeah, just don't stop seeing crying as a bad thing. It's a very neutral thing and it can tell you a lot about yourself. Next up, mismatched earrings. Oh, I love a mismatched, mismatched, mismatched earring. I have the earrings that I always wear in my first hole, which I got my third hole over the break. I was very excited. Me and my sister one day were just like, should we get our third holes? And we went to Claire's and I mean, they're definitely uneven, but that's the Claire's experience, baby. <laughs> but mismatched earrings, the earrings that I always wear in the first hole from Justine Clinkett are mismatched earrings. And Justine Clinkett has so many good ones. So if you're trying to get on the mismatched earrings trend vibe, go look them up. Okay, next up, being vulnerable on first dates. Always in was in last year, but it is very much in this year. I'm so tired of people being like, oh, don't talk about this until this date, and don't say this until this date, and if someone talks about this on whatever date, that's a red flag. Shut up. I'm so over you guys. <laughs> I'm like, I just, I'm done with like the robotic, like this can happen and this cannot happen, and we cannot talk about this, and we should talk about this, but only after four dates, because if you talk about it before the fourth day, then it is very weird. Like, I'm just over that. We're not nitpicking. We're not acting like robots on dates. We're being vulnerable. We're being open and we're letting the conversation flow wherever it flows. I went on a first date last week. Well, I guess it wasn't first. Date. I guess it was a second date. Long story. We'll talk about it on another date. <laughs> but I went on a date last week where we talked a lot about exes and uh, past relationship dynamics, what we learned from those things. And a lot of people would be like, <gasps> talking about exes on a like basically first date first or second depending on who you ask date I'm just over that I think it's dumb and I think that sometimes being vulnerable looks a lot of different ways and we should not act like robots on first dates we should just wear our hearts on our sleeves um next thing that's in is bringing tiny little gifts with you everywhere you go 
which this is my favorite thing to do ever. I love bringing tiny little gifts with me. I usually do it for my trivia team. Um, but I've also just been doing it with friends in general, like going over to someone's house and just bringing them something tiny and fun. Even though they're like last minute, like, Hey, Maddie, want to come over? I'm like, don't worry. I will find a tiny little gift for you. <laughs> and just bringing everybody little things from your heart when you get the chance to. Next thing that's in is being bad at things loudly. I love being bad at things. I think that more people should be bad at things loudly. There's nothing wrong with being bad at things. And I just think this plays into the whole like always trying to be cool thing. Always trying to appear like you have everything fucking together all the time. It's out. We're over that. We're into being bad at things. Next thing that's in, laughing at your own jokes, which According to me, this has always been in. I don't think I've ever not laughed at one of my own jokes. The reality is, is that I'm funny and I deserve to have my jokes laughed at. Next up, being honest with yourself about yourself. For example, accepting your longing for a relationship instead of putting on the don't give a fuck facade, knowing you deeply give a fuck. Um, I use this example because this totally used to be me because I... I think I felt embarrassed of wanting a relationship, longing for that. I wanted people to think that I was just like so good and happy alone and that I would never even want a relationship because people don't see those two things as being able to coexist. And in my head, I was like, well, I think that I am both of those things at once, but I'm not sure that other people would see me that way. And I wanted other people to just see me and be like, wow, Maddie's so independent and cool and you know she doesn't need anyone um when the truth is like yeah I am independent and cool but I also deeply need people and crave intimacy so yeah I can be both of those things and I would like to be both of those things and acknowledge myself as that I'm a complicated intricate person okay next up bedside carafes baby bedside carafes are in I love a bedside carafe I bought one over my break because I was so obsessed with it I saw it online and I love a decoration that is like somewhat stupid to most people like everyone's like well, couldn't you just put any cup by your bedside like why do you need a special bedside carafe for water and I'm like because it sparks joy because it is so much more fun to have a bedside carafe than it is to just like pour a glass of water and bring it to bed. Bedside carafes are in. They spark joy. Staying home on the weekends. Always in. This has been in for me since the dawn of time. But I'm saying it's a hot thing to do because I would like the rest of you to start doing it with me. <laughs> Who wants to come over? Okay, next up. Saying no more often. Additionally, in parentheses, the block button. Say no to things more. I need to say no to things way fucking more. I think I realized towards the end of last year how I find it so hard to say no to people. I find it so hard to be like, no, I cannot get on that phone call. I cannot do that interview. I'm sorry. I cannot like... I just was saying yes to like every single opportunity, every single person that asked for my help, for my opinion, for my 
quote on some fucking article for their podcast, for their school project. Like I get so many people to reach out to me asking me for shit like that. And I feel so deeply honored that people want my opinion or that they care about what I have to say at all that I felt like I had to say yes to everyone because I'm like, Oh my God, that's so sweet of you that you even want to hear from me. That's so fucking cool. Um, but I, I was killing myself saying yes to everything all the time and having to work all of that into my already incredibly busy schedule. So anyways, that amongst other reasons is why I wrote this here because I need to say no more often and I just, yeah, better boundaries. Next thing I have here is self-sex rituals. Obviously we are making masturbation and solo time sexy always this is important to me and the last thing I have written here is period underwear which I am so late on I only tried period underwear for the first time in like September October um and I love it I'm obsessed with it I am like I fucking I'm sure I've talked about this on the podcast I've definitely talked about it on my YouTube channel but I have a very sensitive vagine and I get bv at the drop of a hat and my period triggers my BV a lot of the time and it's like tampons that do that. So if I don't have to wear tampons and I can wear period underwear, that is awesome. And I I was so skeptical of period underwear before. Like the reason I had never tried it is because I just figured it wouldn't work for me, that my flow would be too heavy, that I would feel gross or I would like be able to tell that it'd basically just be like wearing a diaper all day. It is not like that at all. I don't even realize that I'm wearing period underwear. It feels the same as any other underwear. It absorbs it completely and immediately. So it's like, I don't even realize that it is absorbing anything. Like sometimes I'll be wearing the period underwear and I'll be like, am I even bleeding right now? Like, I'll feel like I'm not on my period. That's amazing. It's in period underwear is in baby. Okay. Those are the things that are in. And here are the things that are out. Number one, feeling stupid for loving people when they don't love you back. Loving people is never stupid. I need to like highlight this, make it into a poster, wear it on a t-shirt, send it in the mail to everyone that's ever looked twice at me ever in my life. And I need to remind this to myself all the time because I am such a lover I am she's just a lover girl she has lots of feelings and she's very sensitive and emotional and she just loves people okay and not everyone loves me and that's honestly that's an that's a choice that they're making and I don't have to agree with that choice (laughs) but I don't need to punish myself or feel bad or embarrassed for loving someone, having a crush on someone who doesn't like me back and I don't have to regret being kind or loving or, you know, just feel ashamed of that or like it's uncool in any way. It's not uncool in any way. And I think sometimes we forget like how much we gain from loving people, how awesome it is to just be someone who lives life with so much love in their heart at the end of the day. It's just, it's never stupid who you are and it's beautiful next up heels slash uncomfortable shoes in general I'm over wearing heels I'll be so honest I wear my white sneakers and my white booties because they're so comfortable and that's it I just can't deal with uncomfortable shoes it's not important to me I'm always here for the fit but I'll be honest like uncomfortable shoes ruin a fit to me because I'm like 
okay, if I'm wearing uncomfortable shoes and I'm walking around looking uncomfortable, I would rather opt for a comfortable shoe that's maybe less hot and be able to walk with confidence and feel comfortable all day, you know? Next up is needing to earn breaks slash rest. We are not earning breaks or rest this year. We are just taking them. We are allotting that time. We are taking it when we need to take it. I think so often I'll be like, oh my God, I feel like ass and I don't want to do anything, but I'll be like, there's no reason for you to feel like ass. Like you got a full night's sleep last night. Maybe I had a slow day the day before. I'm like, why would you need a day off? We're not doing that anymore. We're not weighing like how how truly bad do I have to feel in order to take a break? No. If you need a break, take it. You don't need to earn it in any which way. Uh, next up, TikTok dating advice, which TikTok dating advice has always been out. And now that I've deleted the TikTok app, there's just no way that it could ever possibly in, possibly be in again. Uh, next up, not charging your vibrators. This has been out for years. I'm just way behind. I've been a loser for many years, not charging my vibrators frequently. We're also at the end of January and I still have not totally gotten on the bandwagon for this one. My vibrators have not died yet. However, um, the one that I've been using recently, once it dies, I, all of the rest of them are dead. So we've got to change that now. (laughs) Um, uh, Next up, being a cat hater. It's just like big loser energy. I'm so over cat haters. Like people are like actually aggressive towards cats on the internet. It's so weird. Like sometimes I'll click on people's profiles when I see them make comments like that. I was looking at one today actually on Instagram because I get cat videos all the time on my feeds and people are saying the craziest shit in the comments of those cat videos. Sometimes it's like justified I think like for example I saw a video a few weeks ago of it was cats on a treadmill and there were a bunch of comments being like this isn't fucking cute this is so dangerous and then there were other comments being like oh look it's the cat police coming in to ruin all the fun and I was like okay usually there's wild comments on cat videos but on a video of them running on a treadmill, I'm like, adults have like gotten seriously injured on treadmills like that. So yeah, I don't think that your cat should be playing on a human treadmill. That does seem incredibly dangerous. Like fucking children have had like limbs ripped off by those fucking things. You're going to let your tiny cat do that? I just don't. I was like, that seems like fair criticism. It's kind of insane. So anyways, that was neither here nor there. But on those same videos are people making like the weirdest cat hate comments. And I'm just, yeah, that's out. I'm a cat lover, cat supremacy, mango supremacy specifically. And being a cat hater is just fucking weird. <laughs> um, next thing that's out, judging people for what they choose to do slash not to do with their body hair. Down with the fear of pubes. I'm bored of it. Honestly, I honestly, I do not have an in me to even fight with people who have big issues with pubes anymore. Like, why do you care what other people do with their body hair? It's so weird to me. I just have never once cared about that. And I don't understand why people are like, ew, hair. Like, what? I don't understand. I love body hair anywhere and everywhere. The hairier, the better, in my opinion. 
I think hair is sexy. I like it on myself. I like it on my partners. I like it on everyone. But if my partner decided to shave everything, that also wouldn't matter to me. Do whatever the fuck you want. I literally could care less. But I also love hair. I'm a hair girly. I love it. It's so sexy to me. So anyways, down with making fun of other people for doing whatever it is that they want with their body hair. You should do whatever it is that you want with your body hair. So anyways, those are my ins and outs for 2023. This is the official Maddie Drosbeck Universe update. Maddie Drosbeck Cinematic Universe. Emotionally Online Cinematic Universe (laughs) update. These are officially what is cool and what is not cool in this corner of the internet. So if you don't like it, you can leave. (laughs) Okay, before we get into the meat and the juice, what you all came here for, I actually wanted to take a look at some of the love notes that you guys left me when I was away. Um, If you guys don't know, There is a question box for the show in the description box of all of the YouTube videos. So if you have a question, if you've got a story you want to tell me, you've got some drama going on, you need some advice, you can drop it in the question box and I will maybe read it out on the show. And I was going through it this morning just looking at what's been submitted in the last month that I haven't been posting and I saw some updates to some stories that we read out on the show in November. So we've got some great updates to share out here that I just wanted to share with you guys. Share a little joy. We got some good stories coming in here at the Emotionally Online Pod headquarters. So if you guys remember... um. It was the episode that I did with Jordan, uh, the one where I didn't know any famous men. (laughs) If you've watched that podcast episode, you probably remember this story. Uh, This is what they sent me. They said, hey, Maddie, a few weeks ago, you discussed my dilemma on the podcast about wanting to be the cool girl in an open relationship, but really struggling with that. Sort of as a recap, uh, they were basically talking about exactly that they were basically they had agreed to try out being in an open relationship with their partner because they felt like that was sort of the cool thing to do that was what their partner wanted them to do and they discovered that it was not for them and it was making them feel pretty uncomfortable and they didn't really know how to approach that so After listening to you and Jordan discuss it and a week of stewing, I sat down to a frank discussion with my partner about it and it went really well. He was completely open and understanding about how I was struggling with it. He immediately broke it off with the girl he was sleeping with and it's been great ever since. I'm still trying to make peace with the uncomfortable feelings of actually setting and enforcing boundaries, but I'm proud of myself for doing it. It is wild to me that we are so conditioned to feel shame around setting boundaries and honesty. And also that I just spent weeks tormenting myself over what I assumed my partner wanted when it wasn't even correct. Anyways, I just wanted to thank you and give you a positive update. Love a recovering wannabe cool girl. This was so fun to read. I am so proud of you for setting that boundary and for speaking up and having such a mature and beautiful conversation with your partner. Honestly, I think sometimes 
we enter these things at first where you're like, oh, well, maybe I'm cool with this. Let's try it out. You figured out that you actually were not cool with it. You brought it up with your partner. You were brave. You put your feelings out there and they reacted wonderfully. They were receptive to how you were feeling and you guys adjusted and made room for those feelings. And I just love it. That was like the most perfect story to me. And I'm so proud of you for speaking up for yourself. And I'm so proud of you and your partner for being able to work through that together. I think that's really awesome. And I think that, yeah, it's just lovely. I'm happy you're in a relationship that is that open and supportive and um, that you can work through things together like that. I think that's super, super powerful. So next one we have here came from uh, I, I talked about this in one of my solo episodes I believe it is the one titled I'm quiet but not quiet <laughs> I'm like recalling my own podcast episodes I think it's that one um this is the queer young love story that we were talking about they were reaching out asking for advice on how to sort of remain calm and grounded during the dating process how to put themselves out there um and they ended up going out on a little innocent little coffee date. And we've got two updates. So this is what I've got. It's me again. I have an update. So after my crush and I had gone ice skating and I was feeling more and more convinced that the crush was reciprocated, I texted her at 1 a.m. and told her I have a crush on her. I then felt deeply anxious all day whilst I waited for a reply, but she likes me back. We haven't made anything official, which sounds so middle school, but the relief in knowing that she feels the same is so good, although I think it's making my crush even stronger. We're both new to dating, so I reckon it will go slow, but yeah, that's it. Thank you for the previous advice. It really did help keep me grounded and somewhat calm. Then a few days later, or maybe it was a week later, or maybe it was a month later. (laughs) I don't know. I did not look at the dates. (laughs) And it's been a long time since I've looked at that thing. So at some point during that message when it was sent and the next time I checked this box, sometime within the span of a month, we got another update. And they said, I kissed her. Since we both opened up about our feelings, we've gone on a couple dates and everything, and I think we're both relaxing into it all now. I invited her to my friend's New Year's party. There were little touches and stuff all night, like her hand on my leg and everything in a very sweet way. At the end of the night, I walked her home, and as I hugged her goodbye, I kissed her. I hope that the updates reassure people in similar situations that if you take the chance, stuff can work out, and it can be brilliant. This was just the update that I wanted to hear. This was so sweet. I'm so happy for you. I love a good love story. And yeah, what a perfect ending to that. I thought these updates were just wonderful. I was so excited to hear both of these stories had happy endings. So I wanted to share that with you guys because this was the positive sleepover gossip that we needed today. We needed a little something good. And you know what? I might have something even better, babes. I can't be too sure, but I've heard some whisperings. Yeah, yeah, no, I've heard a few people talking. They've been gossiping all around, babes. You'd be shocked. You'd be shocked. You'd be absolutely gobsmacked at what the people are saying, babes. All right? So if you really want to know, if you really are wondering, you're sitting there thinking to yourself, what is she talking about? If you'd really like to know, 
I would love to tell you that the islanders are back in the villa, mate. <laughs> I can't say it any other way. I know that nobody thinks that sounds British. <laughs> it's just like I said it that way the first time and now it's what my brain does. The islanders are back in the villa, mate. We're here. Season nine of Love Island UK, baby. Boom, boom. I'm so fucking excited. Finally, I have something to live for. It's the best time of the year. Love Island season nine is here. They're doing a winter season this year. Haven't gotten a winter season since season six. So I am charged up and ready to go. And we've got the full first week to talk about. Can you even believe it? How fucking lucky we are, babes. So before I get into it, everyone asks me how I'm watching Love Island UK because if you're in the US, which most of my audience is, um, you can't watch Love Island UK and there's a two week delay on Hulu. They don't upload the episodes until two weeks later. People always ask me how the hell I'm watching these episodes And you know what? I tried real hard to get a VPN to sponsor this podcast because I was like, it would just be so perfect. But nobody wanted to bite. Um, I use a VPN. (laughs) I use a VPN. Any VPN will do. And I go and watch straight on the ITV website. You can watch it live on the ITV website, connected to your TV through an HDMI cord, just right on your laptop. Um, You can also watch episodes previously they like get stored on the itv website as well so you don't have to watch it live it goes live at 4 p.m eastern time every day so most people cannot watch that live i have a very weird job so i can (laughs) um but yeah vpn itv website very easy very simple you'll have to create an account on the itv website and just give them a random british zip code there it is that's how you do it so without further ado babes Let's get into the talking. So the season started on a Monday, so we're one day short. This is a short week one. Usually the weeks will run Sunday to Friday. This week is Monday to Friday. So we've gotten here. We're in the villa. We've got our initial couples that are coming in. Couples from day one are Tanya and Shaq, Tanyelle and Kai, Olivia and Will, Anna Mae and Harris, and Lana and Ron. Um, as always, everyone is beautiful. They all look very similar. I was having a hard time telling apart Olivia and anime for the first like three days. (laughs) Now I know what's going on, but it was troubling the first few episodes because I'm obviously I'm in a Love Island fantasy league and my players this week are Ron and Olivia. So I was like trying to figure out, I'm like, am I looking at Olivia right now? I actually don't know. Who is that? Anna Mae and Olivia look fucking identical to me. One of the guys, Will, Farmer Will, I guess he's big on TikTok. I have never heard of this man ever. But every season, I feel like they cast somebody in like the Will genre where they bring in a guy who he's not unattractive by any means, but they're not casting girls that would be into him. (laughs) they're casting a bunch of women that are like yeah i like someone tall dark and handsome and then they bring in this farm awkward farmer guy and they're like yeah good luck will (laughs) 
Like they just, they do this every season. There's always one guy that they bring into psychologically torture because nobody's going to want to be with him. And you know what? At first I was like, he's, why did they cast him? Like he's going home first. And if he's not going on home first, he's going to be very lucky to get like the Dr. Alex or the Hugo treatment. Maybe he'll get, you know, he'll get strung along to the second half of the show, go home right after Casa more because he's like best friends with someone. He'll be in a friendship couple the entire way through. If he's lucky, that's what he'll get. My thing is like, if you know, you're not going to cast any women that are interested in this guy, like why bring him here? and psychologically torture him but i don't know in the preview for this upcoming week it seems like maybe will finds a lady but that might just be the editing being like huh and nothing's gonna happen so we'll see Another wild thing that happened in the very first episode, I think it was Harris that said this, but again, everyone kind of looks the same to me. So it could be another guy that said that, but he said that he only wants to date women below a size five foot, which is such a weird thing to declare, like as one of the first things that is of importance to you that you look for women with below size five feet like you're getting specific too it's very strange at first I was like size five foot um yeah I don't know any adult woman with a size five foot then I learned that UK shoe a size five in the UK is like a size seven in the US which is still weird regardless but it's like okay (laughs) okay adult adults do have size seven feet so size five in the uk so okay we're cool on that front but i'm still like what a weird thing to say like you go on a dating show and they're like what do you look for and he's like a size five foot excuse me that is so fucking bizarre (laughs) like i just i just feel like we should be bullying harris a little bit more than what i saw online granted i'm not on tiktok or twitter so what the fuck do i know but i just i felt like we should be bullying him a little bit more it was very weird anyways typical first episode introductions initial conversations first week in general is pretty slow then they get to their first challenge where they have to guess different facts about people um these were the facts that i wrote down that i thought were so fucking iconic so tanyel said that she will offer to pay on a first date and if he accepts she never speaks to him again which is wild but is so fucking iconic like that's that's girl boss behavior if i've ever seen it so i was like damn i kind of like her like for a second there i was like is that our ekansu it's definitely not <laughs> but for a minute there i was like she has ekansu potential she's ekansu coded <laughs> yeah she's absolutely not tanyelle is like one of the more boring islanders in my opinion after the whole week happened so I don't, we'll see how it progresses. But yeah, she's absolutely no Ekansu vibes. Who can top Ekansu? Nobody. That's the best Islander. <laughs> um, Shaq was the other one that I wrote down because he told a girl that he was dating that he was joining the army just so that he could stop seeing her, which is like such a red flag that I don't, 
in my head, I'm like, if I learned that someone that I was potentially going to date at one point concocted an entire false life to avoid communicating, I would be like, oh, that's so fucking weird. You should have taken that with you to the grave. And the fact that you said that out loud, I'm just what do you want me to do now that I know that you want me to keep dating you? I cannot keep dating you knowing that that is wild. And everyone's just like, haha, crazy Shaq. He's just so wild and crazy. Tanya's like, he, 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 he would never do that to me though. Like he might. <laughs> what makes you think he's over that dude's like, what? Like 24. And he's like, that's in my past. It was like one year ago. <laughs> So we'll see about that. My favorite thing about Love Island is that in the Love Island universe, things move so quickly and it is so normal that they move so quickly. So on day one, people are saying things like, oh, he's moving on mad. I don't want to tread on toes. And it's like treading on toes, moving mad after 24 hours of knowing someone. I love that. You guys move so quickly. Like one day in Love Island is about three months in the normal world. <laughs> I just love it. I love how absolutely nonsensical it is and how these people get thrown into this villa and without thinking, they just adapt to this brand new norm of like, well, it's been one day, so we're dating. <laughs> like they don't even care. All of a sudden they're like, well, this is just how it is in Love Island. So I'm going to care about this now when you know on the outside, none of them act like that. I love it. I love that people are able to just be like, well, suddenly I'm cool with this. <laughs> so, you know, couples are getting to know each other. Things are sort of heating up. Shaq and Tanya are cringing me the fuck out. They said possibly what is the worst thing that I've ever seen said <laughs> this early on in a season of Love Island, which they're like sitting together, like cuddled very weirdly on the like day beds. And Tanya was just like, I'm your little baby. And then Shaq was like, I'm your baby. She was like, no, I'm your little baby. I was like, what? What are you guys saying? First of all, what a weird thing to say. But the fact that you've known this man for like approximately 30 hours at this point makes it even weirder. Like imagine you someone you just met. All of a sudden you're like weirdly half cuddling on a day bed and you're like, I'm your little baby. Ugh. Excuse me? I hated it so much. It was so cringe. I was like, no, I'm over these people. I'm not rooting for this couple now just because of that. I'm your little baby. <laughs> So then we have Zara and David enter the villa, which my only question here is why the fuck are there so many people in the UK named Zara? Like I have never met one person in my life named Zara and there's been like at least five Zaras on Love Island. So in my brain now I'm like, this must be a really popular name in the UK. So if anybody has any information on why Zara is an extremely popular name in the UK, please let me know. My favorite part about Zara and David's um, coming in, they took Ron and Tanya on dates and <laughs> it was either during the date or during his montage. David was like, the girls can't resist me. Look at this smile. And he does like the most serial killer smile I've ever seen in my life. He's like, look at this smile. I was like, there's no way. <laughs> The girls can't resist me. Look at this smile. 
And he just looks like that emoji where it's just like, <laughs> you don't know what I'm talking about. Oh God. I love these people. Um, so first few days, everyone's pursuing everyone, switching who they're interested in every five seconds. I literally can't keep up. The fact that all these people look the same is still confusing me. They have like a beer pong competition that happens one night. There's questions on the bottom of every cup. It was very typical questions. Zara snogs Tom and then calls Olivia two-faced, who Tom also was a new guy who entered the villa at some point. Sorry. Forgot about him because that man is so fucking forgetful. (laughs) He was the first new guy to enter the villa at like the end of day one. And then Olivia did not like that Zara called Olivia two-faced. Drama. I'm sorry. I literally could not care less about any of this. It was just like you knew it was going to be drama that was squashed in four seconds. Also, it was just so not that deep. Uh, end of that night, the girls are like on the roof debriefing the fact that Olivia didn't like Zara called her two-faced and Shaq and Harris get into a fight. It was so unclear what started this fight. It literally came out of nowhere. Like Shaq called Harris a shit stirrer. And then they went to go have a conversation about it later. And he's just like, well, you're just, you're just so insecure. You're just so immature. You're such a little baby. Immature. You're just so little and immature. And the whole conversation was immature. I'm like, you're both idiots. So I don't know. The whole conversation was just like, you're immature. No, you're immature. No, you are. No, you. And I still don't even know what triggered that fight in the first place. It all just happened so fast. Olivia and Zara made up. Gold power, beef squashed. Besties only in this villa. The recoupling was pretty standard. Everyone that you thought was going to end up together ended up together except Tanyelle swooped in and stole Ron who's been coupled up with Lana and like they've been getting into it and I've personally been loving that because Ron is my Islander of the week so I've been racking up those points and um yeah Tanyelle just swooped in was like I'd really like to get to know this boy um because I just do (laughs) (laughs) And she swooped in and broke their ass up. So we'll see how that goes for her. Power to you, Tanya. But my favorite quote of the week does go to Farmer Will. They were laying in bed at the end of the day that Shaq, Harris, Olivia, and Zara were all fighting. And he was like, well, let's talk about our feelings before we go to bed. You can't go to bed mad at each other. Don't worry, guys. I'll go first. I didn't like how we all argued and didn't get on. I was like, this guy's fucking funny. If I was in there, I'll be honest. I might be in the farmer wheel corner. I was making fun of him at first. I was like, why is this man here? He's going to get the Dr. Alex Hugo treatment. But the more he speaks, the more I'm like, ooh, you're kind of really fucking funny. You're sexy. Oh, oh, did I say that? (laughs) So I don't know. Maybe I'm team farmer will now. Maybe I'm rooting for him to the end. Only time will tell. So anyways, Daniel Daniel left and Zara cried, which was so funny to me because she had known that man for less than two days. And she's like, he's just my fellow bombshell. <laughs> which is so ridiculous. Crying because another bombshell leaves after you knew him for like literally maybe less than 48 hours. I just can't believe he's gone. My fellow bombshell. <laughs> 
and that's where we're at that's our first week of season nine love island uk my very brief recap i left out a lot of things because to be honest most of week one is pretty boring relationships are only starting to build drama is only starting to form so we'll have much more to talk about next week 20 of my friends that may be watching this if you would like to come on the show and talk love island with me i would absolutely love it We've got to get some opinions in here, babes. We've got to go back and forth. We've got to get the full discussion happening so we can fully dissect Love Island like the big brains we are. All right. Well, this was so much fun talking to myself for an hour and a half. I love this and I'm so excited to keep doing more of it. So happy to be back. Love you guys so much. Don't you ever forget it. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Maddie Drosbeck and the podcast at Emotionally Online Pod. And I suppose that's it. I suppose that's it now, innit? All right. Well, if that's all, then I guess I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> innit? <laughs> <laughs>